This is the Accidental Safety Pro brought to you by HSI. This episode was recorded November 2nd, 2021. My name is Jill James, HSI's Chief Safety Officer, and today I'm joined by Linnea Miles. Linnea is an EHS professional in the cosmetics industry, specifically in a research and development division. Linnea also has her ASP and her CSP and is joining us today from New Jersey. And I reached out to Linnea because I read that she is an NSC, the National Safety Council's 2020 Rising Star. Linnea, welcome to the show and congrats on being a star. Yay, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested to hear about, you know, how that all that went down with being a 2020 rising star and being noticed for it or recognized for it in 2021. Um, But before we get there, I want to hear your story of how is it that you came to find the uh the world of health and safety and 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 then hopefully like how did you land in a cosmetics industry that sounds interesting too so (laughs) where does your story start Linnea yeah sure well I started at Iowa State University I just knew I was going to be an electrical engineer Mm. but then I realized that you don't get into your hands-on part until your junior year So I said, "Ah, nope, this is not for me. I'm very Mm -hmm. hands-on. So then my advisor said, hey, we have a program called Industrial Technology with an emphasis on occupational safety and health, and you can still have your engineering classes. And it's very hands-on. So I was sold from there. (laughs) So started my career, and from there on, I loved it. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I, I um, did I say in the introduction you're joining us from New Jersey, and yes, I and so you, yeah. So how did you get to Iowa? I know. <laughs> I hear that all the time. How did you get to Iowa? Mm-hmm. Actually, I got a full track scholarship to Iowa State. Wow. And so, and and they did have a, a good engineering program. So it, it was just awesome and it was a culture shock for me mm-hmm. in particular coming from New Jersey going to Iowa uh-huh. and I remember my, my my first experience my parents and I moving into the dorms and people started grabbing my luggage and I said hey wait a minute that's mine <laughs> that's my Jersey mentality uh-huh. and they said oh we were just trying to help you and then I knew from there yep I love this place <laughs> The Midwest helpers, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So when your advisor turned you on to occupational health and safety, what what did you think it would be about? So I actually was very curious. So my biggest thing was, is it, is it going to be hands-on? I'm a personable person. And she said, oh, sure, you'll have different classes like metals, industrial hygiene. And as soon as she said metals, I kind of, hmm, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And so that meant that I actually get to make things from scratch using metals. So I actually made a toolbox from metal. So (laughs) that really intrigued me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I had my industrial engineering classes. So I just knew it was a perfect fit because it was a field that is hands-on and I get to interact with so many different people. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And 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 so you you finish your degree, where's the first place you land? A funny story. So, in order to graduate, you had to have an internship. And so I got an email from L'Oreal, but back then when I saw the email, I saw, hmm, I told my roommate, I have an email from L or Real. <laughs> and she was like, let me see. And she said, do you mean L'Oreal? I said, oh, you know, I didn't wear makeup, so I didn't know anything about L'Oreal. So they reached out to me for an internship, and it was actually back in New Jersey. Hmm. And so it was in 
um, the EHS department, Environmental Health and Safety Department. And so that's where my uh, journey began. Wow. And what did you what did you do there for an internship? Yeah. They, yeah. What they task you with? Yeah. So it was really, really hands on. And that's what I loved about it, because I got to build the programs from scratch. And mm. I actually got to shadow a lot of the different um, chemists because I started out in the research and um, research and development division. So it was really interesting to see how the chemist formulates the different products. So not only did I learn that aspect, but I actually learned how can I make it better and safer? Mm -hmm. So that really, I really was able to apply my industrial hygiene courses and my different courses that I had to actually real life hands-on experience. Yeah, and I bet you dove headlong into um, lab safety. Yes. And yeah, and probably some other regulatory bodies, not just OSHA, right? Correct. Um, EPA, Environmental Protection mm -hmm. Agency, did I dealt a lot with um, environmental waste management. So believe it or mm -hmm. not, I pretty prim um, prim primarily focused on that. I primarily mm -hmm. focused on waste management and the different waste streams that we have because there's so many different chemicals. And so making sure that from an environmental standpoint that everything was labeled correctly and from cradle to grave. Mm -hmm. So it, it was very, very unique, a, a very unique side for me. Mm -hmm. And so really leaning into the E in the EHS. E, correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? What happened after that internship? So after that internship, L'Oreal actually created a position for me and hired wow. me on full time. So I was ecstatic. Whoa. So my parents like, yes, I got a job here. They loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. So you got, you, I mean, you got a job in your field right after graduation and in your home state in my home state and actually it was about 15 minutes i'm from elizabeth new jersey and the location was in clark clark new jersey so it was mm. it was really good for me to be close to home close close to family mm -hmm. and i really really dove in as soon as i got started and soon mm -hmm. as, as soon as i got um, hired it was it was a fast transition Mm -hmm. And so did you stay in that division or what happened with, with your career once you got, uh, you know, an act, a job there? Yeah. So I actually stayed in the division for about eight years. I loved it because it was my boss and myself and we were over the EHS department for the entire division. So I would travel to our other locations. We had a ethnic institute in Chicago in which I traveled to and it was a different experience because different uh, states have different requirements so it really allowed me to hone in to my regulatory books and actually network mm -hmm. so I was really network a lot and I actually when I was in college I was the president of the American Society of Safety Engineers that's what it was back then. Yeah. So when I graduated as a professional, I joined the professional uh, chapter. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I really started networking and building my uh, network and learning even more. So from there, I transitioned to the operations supply chain within L'Oreal. So I did that for about two years, which was very different. Awesome. <laughs> so you, yeah. Went from going to laboratories and actually within the laboratories and research, we actually had consumer testing. So mm. actually consumers would come in and mm. get and get their hair done. Can you can you imagine that? <laughs> going to work and see a salon, people getting their nails done, their hair uh -huh. done. Uh-huh. And so your safety cross your safety crossed over into people who weren't employees. Yes. And this but, is something that I never 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 imagined yeah interesting interesting and so then when you moved into the other division i'm picturing like 
warehouse packaging shipping yes it Did was the, yeah yep, okay distribution so it was totally different because i was in, in an environment where it was majority forklifts mm. so you had different mm -hmm. um ergonomic different risks that you have and so very different so it it really allowed me to learn even more. And even when I was in that division, I did audits. So mm -hmm. I would do different audits at the different manufacturing sites as well mm -hmm. as other distribution sites. So just really helped me to hone in and get really well-rounded um, as a generalist. Yeah, right. So Linnea, what do you like about doing audits? Or do you like doing it? <laughs> I actually do. Mm -hmm. One one thing I like about it is I like going to different areas and different locations in different states. Not only looking at, okay, let's see what is in compliance, but also looking at the best practices. That's mm -hmm. what I love the most. Yeah. I love yeah. looking at and finding best practices because I share those that with other departments and other divisions and other locations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you, you observe <laughs> you observe people doing something really well, yeah, and you wanted to share that, yeah, with with mm -hmm. others. In the in the time that you did audits, and I'm sure you probably still do them in different parts of your job because we're not even we've we just scraped the surface yeah. of your career so far. <laughs> um, but when it comes to audits, are there specific things you can think of like best practices that you'd like to share with our with our audience? Yeah. I would say definitely making sure on two on two folds, the person that's being audited, make sure you have everything organized. It's nothing bad than when an auditor comes and asks for a, a document and you're scrambling looking for <laughs> where's mm -hmm. the documentation. Mm -hmm. When everything in, is organized, and let's say I ask for one thing, and I see everything is organized, but but if there's one document that you're looking for, it's more it's more of a okay, they just misplaced it. I know they have everything else in order, and so you're not as hard on that versus someone that is everything is in a disarray. So I would definitely mm -hmm. say make sure that your um, you're uh, organized. Now, from an auditor's perspective, be open-minded and don't go into it with preconceived notions, even if it's a location that you've been before. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I have to remind myself, or I did have to remind myself, okay, I know I've gone to this site before. You know what? Let me not have any preconceived notations of what I saw before, because I want to give that site a fair chance mm -hmm. and help them understand. And, and that's one thing I do really try to understand because when auditing, it's not that I'm trying to, Oh, I want you to get something wrong or, uh, uh, Oh, I found this. It's really to help build in the culture. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to see them with fresh eyes, yeah. regardless of how many mm -hmm. times you've been there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, those are good tips. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So what happened next? So I actually moved to Georgia. Got a really great opportunity uh, to work for 3M. And the interesting mm -hmm. thing about that is actually the site that I uh, worked at, we actually made missile heads. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've yeah. gone from cosmetics to missile heads. All right. <laughs> to missile heads. And who would think a lot of people when when I say that, they're like, what? 3M uh -huh. made missile heads? I never knew that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was very unique because it was an ITAR facility. So you had to have special clearance just, just to work at the site. Yeah. So, so what did it yeah. maybe explain what ITAR means for the listening audience? Yeah. So from from a regular from a regulatory perspective, um, there's government clearance that you have to have, mm -hmm. and with the ITAR facility, it stands for the International Traffic and Arms Regu um, Regulations. Mm -hmm. So this means that um, this is uh, a place that manufactures and distributes defense, like de 
defense equipment. So like I mentioned, we actually made missile heads. So we worked a lot with mm -hmm. the Army and Navy. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was... <laughs> I'm, I know, right? Yeah, what Whoa, was the... Mind-blowing, was... right? <laughs> right. So you went hmm. from L'Oreal to 3M. And I mean, what a, what a shock to the system that must have been. Um, or, or were you able to bring some of your knowledge over um, to 3M? Like, what did that, what did that look like? Yeah, I actually was uh, able to bring the same skill set that I had. And I also learned more. So one of the things that was different for me is that any piece of equipment that I need to modify I had to get government clearance. So that was oh. very, very unique for me. And it's even if this was to in, uh, enhance a piece of equipment, let's say from a machine guarding standpoint. Yeah. And so it was very different in that aspect, but it allowed me to really hone in and think of ways to be even more creative from a safety perspective. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, and the rigmarole of the asking permission of the of the <laughs> government. Did you? Yeah, I mean, was that did did that end up being part of your job as well in terms of like having to fill out requests and wait for things? So I didn't have to fill out the request. However, I was in the meetings where production would uh, give me an update to say, okay, give me a couple of days. I'm gonna get this for you. So we would have different meetings to discuss the status of this um the clearance for it so it was it was really interesting um and i mm -hmm. never even thought that mm -hmm. and so another thing that was interesting is that i really really gained a lot of knowledge in lean six sigma so i did get a mm -hmm. green belt certified and that really was mind-blowing i'm like wow this is so crazy this is so awesome for ehs Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, so if, if our, if our listeners aren't familiar with, um, with lean or six Sigma, can you give maybe just a little bit of a landscape of what that means? Yeah. So <clears throat> with links, uh, six, with lean six Sigma is, it's like a method that relies on improving the performance of, we removing waste, doing things more efficiently. So you have different concepts and you can actually use it for all areas. So just as an example, I did a, a Kaizen event. So it's a um, event that we did for our flammable storage cabinets. So okay. we kind of, we did a Kaizen event and we did five Sing. So we looked at everything. We took a picture, a before picture, which is very important, of how the flammable cabinet looked. Things okay. were, you know, um, things in almost a little disarray, unorganized, I would say. And so we took pictures and then a group of people from different departments, and which actually is really good because we brainstorm. Okay, how can we make this more efficient? So after we did brainstorming, we went out on the floor and implemented our, our ideas. So we organized it, put different tapes, signage. We took a picture of the inside and outside. So you can see from the outside, this is what it should look on the inside. And so when you open up the flammable cabinet, you see that same picture. So mm -hmm. it gives you a reminder of, okay, this how it should be organized. And so it was really a, a really good experience. And to have different people and different ideas, the team really liked things like that. Sounds like I want to implement that in my own home. <laughs> have exactly. you done that in your own house? Exactly. Well, actually, I have done a little bit in my uh, cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of wired for that. I think I should have brought this into my life a long time ago. I think I might already, I might, I might, I might be able to fast track my certification because yeah. I think this is how I organize my life. Uh, yeah. 
fruits on one, exactly. one, one shelf in the refrigerator, vegetables on another, protein on another, pantries the same way. <laughs> yeah, because look, if you think about it, that is a form of waste, time. Yeah. You know? And so if I can easily look for a chemical that's in a flammable cabinet because, oh, it's nice and neat, everything is labeled, I know this is um, the alcohols are right here, the bases right here, what, so forth, versus trying to scramble just to look for something, you get frustrated. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Much needed. So, <laughs> exactly. So what did the safety team look like there um, compared to where you had been? You know, I'm guessing you weren't a solo operator at 3M. Yes, yes and no. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I say yes and no is because I was over it for my site, for my uh, uh, site, and I was the only person. However, I did have resources from corporate, and that was one of the biggest things. There was different departments that helped the different uh, sites. Mm -hmm. So although I was by myself at my location, I had so much support. Mm -hmm. from from corporate and that was something that I really really appreciated mm -hmm. and I you know until this day I still um communicate and uh benchmark with uh some of my uh old colleagues hmm. mm -hmm. isn't that I mean that's such a yeah. great thing about our professional mm -hmm. um, practice isn't it like yeah yeah same same for me same for me so Linnea what happened what happened with your career next we went from make you know <laughs> cosmetics to missiles what like <laughs> <laughs> to missiles then an opportunity for me came up at a company called Luxotica so Luxotica owns lens crafters you know sunglass hut so hmm. totally different Wow. <laughs> totally different, right? So different yeah. uh, industry. Yeah. And so that was a unique experience because I was over a site for manufacturing as well as logistics where mm. we had over 2,000 employees. Mm, big. <laughs> big. Mm -hmm. Big. This, yeah. Yeah. So manufacturing uh, and logistics, you, you, you said... Um, and, and you also said in, in like sunglasses, lenses. So was it a little bit of the, did you get back into the lab work again or how, what was that like? Yeah. So actually it's where we actually made the lenses. So oh, okay. it was more of, you know, a research, the mm. lab. So mm -hmm. it was very unique because it was, it was the lab work, but it was a different type of lab where you have making lenses and different frames that you yeah. put the, um, the lens in. So the lens, the frames were already made, but we made the lenses. So is there's different types of lenses, you know, when you see the, sh the different shades, the colors, yeah. mm -hmm. and it was, um, it was awesome. And then we also, in the same building, we also have logistics. So this is your apparel, your sunglasses that are, was already made. And so everything moving parts together and trying to automate things to, uh, to make things more efficient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say I've ever been in a facility like that. And now I just want to know what, what it was, <laughs> you know, what, what does it look like in a facility like that? But of course, it'd be probably take you a long time to explain. <laughs> but so how long did you stay there? So I was there for about a year. And um, again, this was still in Georgia, the warm, warm weather, which I have to say, I love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and then um, another opportunity, surprisingly, knocking on my door, um, L'Oreal reached back out to me. Wow. L'Oreal reached back out to me. What a compliment. Yeah. And yeah, it was definitely a, a compliment. And I was very humbled. The fact that they thought highly of me to um, for me to come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so they gave me an offer I couldn't refuse because 
I didn't think I was coming back to New Jersey because when I was in Georgia, I did not have a shovel at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a shovel at all, so I love that. Wear, you could wear flip flops <laughs> most of the year. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, so you went you went back to your home state. Yep, went back to my um, home state and it came back full circle because now I was the head of the research and development mm. for EHS. Wow. And so it was it was awesome coming back, seeing some familiar faces, just having that warm welcome mm-hmm. and um, feeling appreciated feeling appreciated is um I love that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So you're, you know, I said at the beginning, you're an EHS professional. You've talked about the environmental piece. You've talked about the safety piece. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about industrial hygiene, but health, I think, has a little bit different meaning to you right now at this part of your career, right? Yes, it it sure does. <laughs> and so one thing that... Even before I left L'Oreal, when I first, first started, um, one thing that I used to do is have uh, what, it, what is called a health and safety day. It was just for one day where I had different vendors come in. Um, we had nutritionists. We had yoga. We had massage therapists and um, different um, different health health and safety related vendors come on site Mm -hmm. so when I came back to L'Oreal that was one of the things that employees said hey are you going to bring back the health and safety day we love that when you left we didn't have it and so that made me think even more okay there is a need even more for health Mm -hmm. and so I did and also I when we had our health and safety day is when I had different vendors come in even from for mental health I partner with our benefits mm-hmm. and employees really appreciate it because yeah. like like a lot of jobs you have so many benefits but employees don't take advantage of it because sometimes they just don't know right and so and that's what I really wanted to focus on too is not just being safe and healthy at work, but at home too. Mm-hmm. And so those are the type of programs that I drove when I first came back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Body, mind, and, and spirit, uh, safety all the way around and good health. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, you know, you had mentioned that you, you know, you, you went from New Jersey to Iowa to Georgia, back to Jersey again. What did you learn about working with, with people in different parts of the country? Yeah, it, I learned that every part of the country or even the state um, is different. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't take the same approach Um in the South as I did in the North. Mm -hmm. And not only that is you really have to get to know people Mm -hmm. because there were people who I've dealt with who have a high school education. Mm -hmm. And then there are some that has two, two PhDs. Mm -hmm. So it really helped me to be able to articulate to different audiences in the communication making it more palatable for people to understand right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so that's important and i think going to the going to different states and even interacting with people with on all levels really helped me and it really allowed me to see 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 ehs from other people's side point of view that different Mm -hmm. vantage point Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, You were talking earlier, I wanted to come back to this about um, networking. Mm -hmm. And you talked about um, getting involved with um, ASSE back 
when it was that and ASSP yeah. now. So are, are you still leveraging that organization or? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. What does that look like? Yes. Uh, yes. It actually have been um, very helpful in my career because I'm also part of the common uh, interest group, Blacks in Safety Excellence, Buys, and Women in Safety Excellence, Wise. And I actually started out as a mentee in Wise. And hmm. um, I really encourage anyone, everyone to have a mentor regardless of how long you've been in your career and even if you're junior. Yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that's very, very important. And so I still am in contact with my uh, mentor from when from my from when I started in Wise. And I felt like it really helped me. It really helped me understand even more, especially being a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a minority, I'm black and um there wasn't so many people that looked like me in mm-hmm. my field. Mm-hmm. And so having still some, yeah, mm-hmm. still the case. And so having someone to talk to who has been in the field and to kind of help me navigate through different critical conversations and, and even understanding was really helpful. So that made me actually want to be a mentor you know, I did mentoring when I was in high school, but this is on a different level now. I did it in college, but this was from a career professional standpoint. And I it really opened my eyes because it's different when you're um when you're in a professional setting. And so I I wanted to give back too. And so yeah, so I became a a mentor in um in Wise. And so if people listening are thinking, hmm, I think I'd like to be mentored or I'd like to mentor and, uh, you know, I'm part of ASSP, but and maybe I can do it through the wise door, you know, women in safety excellence or through blacks in safety excellence. Where would someone start? Yeah, sure. They can always start at the website, um, American Society of Safety Professionals. And just want to make this clear, you do not have to be black to join buys. <laughs> you, do, you do not have to be a woman to join wise. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because some people think, oh, I can't. You can. You can. Um, okay. And so there is... Uh, an application that you fill out mm-hmm. where you can either be a mentor or you can be a mentee. And it's really, uh, it's really a good way because it's very structured and it gives you as a mentee, you, it's not just the mentor doing everything for you. You have to take steps as well. Hmm. And so I like that about it. I like that there was structure, there's structure, and not very stringent, but there's structure just to kind of give you um, guidelines. And also there's structure for a mentor saying, hey, it's your mentee's responsibility to reach out to you and, you know, for you guys to have that communication. So I really implore anyone to to sign up to either one or both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that. You know, you had you had mentioned that, you know, there, well, there aren't very many women in our field, mm-hmm. um, and not very many minorities in our field either. And you know, when you first started talking about your um, education um, back in Iowa, and that you started out in engineering, which is a STEM practice, um, what what do you have to say about you know? encouraging people who are like you that are like me that this is a stem field that we're in yeah you know what so many people don't realize that it is stem and so one thing that i would say is that don't limit yourself don't think that stem is just in one industry 
it's in mm-hmm. all industries as you can as we've talked you know I shared my journey in different mm-hmm. industries that people would have never thought hey I w- would not have thought um thought that and so really take take that and really explore it because it can take you so so far there's so many different opportunities and one thing that I do like to give back um I actually got my master's at Columbia Southern University. And so that's another thing, just trying to better better myself, continue to grow, continue to get get more knowledge and see what those, um, go back to your school, you know, reach out to the alumni to see, hey, how can I help? What can I do to help promote the program? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. To build more, to build more yeah. people like you and I into the, yeah. And I think that's the thing because a lot of people don't talk about it. And so that's why I really wanted to reach out and I've, and I'm very in contact with um, Columbia Southern as well as Iowa State so that I can help share and spread the word. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. You're great. You're growing the profession. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Linnea. You <laughs> mentioned, you mentioned Columbia Southern. Um, they have a, they have a publication, it sounds like. And yes. Y- y- yeah. Tell us, about, yeah. tell us about that. Something new there. Yeah. So they're a fall um, publication of this year. I am actually featured in it. I'm the alumni spotlight. And <laughs> yay! yay. yay. Uh-huh. And so you'll see uh, a picture of me on one of my audits, actually. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, I talk about, you know, being a mentor and being mm-hmm. a woman in safety excellence and wise and my journey. And why, why do I love this? This mm-hmm. is, I love engaging in, in interacting with people and I really, really am passionate about it and believe that it is a value. You know, everyone mm-hmm. said, oh, EHS is a value. Yay, yay, yay. But what does that mean? You know, or are we saying it or do we actually really believe it? Um, mm-hmm. Or is it a priority? You know, mm-hmm. priorities change. And if it's a core value, is it in everyone's EHS goal? Does everyone have EHS goals from all mm-hmm. levels? Is it in a performance base? Is everyone really involved in the culture? Can I go to the head and ask them something safety related? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this this spotlight, you know, just a snippet of my journey. And uh, you also, a uh, little hint, Someone's a Star Wars fan, Master Jedi. <laughs> it goes along with your your green belt and yeah, exactly. Yeah, all of that. All of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm wondering, maybe we can include that article in the show notes. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. How would be that? Would be great. We'll put a link in the show notes so people can um. See, and read about that and of course the star wars piece yes master <laughs> master jedi yeah um who has a very organized organized um, pantry and home yeah. and workplace mm-hmm. yeah. yes yeah. so i mentioned at the at the outset today that you were recognized by the national safety council as a rising star for 2020 and of course we're recording this in 2021 um can you talk about what a rising star is and uh yeah the conference yeah go ahead oh my goodness it was when first when i uh was told that i was a recipient last year that i won that was one of the recipients i was like oh my goodness are you serious like this is so awesome this is prestigious and um you know it's not just about me because i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, you know, my, my family, loved ones, and, and even the employees. Mm -hmm. And so, and for the Rising Stars, I actually helped build the program even more. 
taken to helping the program go into an interdependent state and building the culture. So that goes back to what I was talking about, the values mm-hmm. of EHS and, you know, making it where it's a way of life, where people, our mm. employees, mm-hmm. not only are safe at work, but they are at home and even developing different programs to help that in sustaining it. And so I talk a little bit about that um, in my uh, piece for uh, Rising Stars of Safety and how it is a behavior-based, doing behavior-based observation and using those uh, tools. And so I was so ecstatic getting the plaque. And this year, I actually went to the conference and they uh, actually had an award ceremony for the 22, the 2020, as well as the 2021 recipients. So it was just so awesome getting mm-hmm. to see others who received the award as well. So Yeah. And you were recognized for the work you were just explaining. Yes. About, yeah. Whole whole health and safety. Yes. A whole yeah. total. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That is awesome. Um, so Linnea, you've been, you've been at the work of health and safety for how long now? It's been over 17 years. Wow. Over 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. What are, um, what are some stories, you know, like what's some of the craziest stuff you've, you've seen or done in your profession or ways that you were, you know, maybe pushed or like came home from work and went, I can't believe I did that or that happened today. (laughs) Yeah. So one thing is that I'm actually, um, I deal with a lot of people really don't realize this, but I actually work in construction as Mm. well. Um, because I do have construction projects. I know, right. Uh (laughs) I do have construction projects. So I knew I wanted me a cool hard hat. And so (laughs) another thing, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. America's America's team, you know, <laughs> oh that's another, that's another uh, story Star, Star for another War, day, okay. Okay. <laughs> another story for another day of how I live in New Jersey in a Dallas Cowboy fan. So that's another story. <laughs> that doesn't work really well with the locals. <laughs> no, no, no. So, you know, I, um, I, so I got me a Dallas Cowboy hard hat and I don't think they make them anymore. And so so I'm going on to the construction uh, site, and all you see is the trays looking at me like, who is this? One, I'm a female. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> have all my, and then I have uh, like a cool, you know, what I think is cool, uh-huh. hard hat. Um, cool, for sa- cool for safety professionals. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. You know, mm-hmm. cool for safety professional. So I'm walking with uh, one of the consultants that I have that reports into me for the project. And so we're walking around and someone asks asks me, um, is the guy my boss? And so Mm -hmm. he looks at Mm -hmm. them and said, no, she's the boss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they were shocked, like, what? Like a female? No. Mm And so um, I always get a kick of, out of that, especially when I uh, first go to a, a project um, because, it, you know, you don't see so many um, women and even uh, a woman of color mm-hmm. on a construction site. So I always get a kick out of that. So when there's a start of a project or when different trades come in and they see me walking around and actually when I talk to them and I know what I'm talking about, they're like, oh, Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she's not. There's something under that under that uh, that really great hard hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I I love to kind of listen and you know talk, and then I start talking and I say, "Hey, different codes," and "Hey, are you gonna uh, where's the GFCI for that ground fault circuit interrupter?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's six feet from water source, you know, you need, it needs to be GFCI. They're like, oh, okay. She knows that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's both, um, fun and annoying 
mm-hmm. when um, you can break up those myths that uh, or assumptions that people have about you because of your your gender or race on the job. Yeah, and you know, surprisingly, um, I've had construction projects in when I was uh, at L'Oreal at 3M and at Luxottica. So that's why I love being in general industry or different fields because being a generalist, because I do touch different things. So yeah, I love that aspect of it. Yeah. It really keeps, it really keeps the job fresh. Like Mm -hmm. there's always something new to learn. Always. Yeah. And so um, you had, you had mentioned earlier, you went, you you got your master's degree um and i wanted to ask like what are other ways that you um try to keep yourself um fresh or up to date i know you have a connection obviously with assp are there are there any other um places that you go maybe publications that you read anything like that that you'd like to share with with the listeners yeah sure so one thing i definitely encourage everyone to Go to the conferences. There's so many PDCs and conferences. National Safety Council has them. You know, American Society of Safety Professional has them. Mm-hmm. I would really encourage um, people to go to those uh, conferences. And there's two things to that. One, because of the knowledge, because of the different technical courses that they have mm-hmm. in which which has an array of topics. And I, the other aspect of it, and I cannot stress stress this enough, is networking. And so mm-hmm. even with that aspect, networking is more than just, okay, I'm get, we're just going to be on LinkedIn or I'm going to have your number, yay. I Just mm-hmm. to add, it's deeper than that, benchmarking. So I reach out to others and they reach out to me as well. And we share um, different best practices. And, hey, did you know that uh, this regulation is about to um, come out? Oh, really? I have contacts in OSHA. I have contacts in DEP. So when I say network, again, you have to do the benchmarking. And I think that's one of the things that we really should should take advantage of is really – talking to someone that's in a a different company to see, hey, what are they doing? Because the way I see it is this is not my program. Even if I come up with something that is great and it's awesome, I want to share it because I have the goal of everyone's safe. It doesn't mean, oh, just because it's my company or I just want my employees to be safe. No, I want to share it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we need more of that. Yeah. So have you have you leaned into some of those connections and networks um, in the last what are we coming up on now? 20 months of a global pandemic? Yes. Yes. Especially with um, with COVID. I've actually had people reach out to me and even my church. So I'm very, very active in my church. So part of the committee um, at my church to for the protocols. Yeah. And I'm actually on our crisis committee at my job now with our uh, president and CEO and for, for COVID. So mm-hmm. benchmarking with my counterparts in different industries and different companies just to see, hey, what are you, what are you guys doing? This is what yeah. we're doing. And right. it really helps because, again, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know I mentioned that before, but I really, really mean it. And I get different messages and emails like, hey, Linnea, can you um, do you have some time? So, you know, I just want to run something off of you benchmark. And when I tell you my calendar is so hectic, but I do find time, even if it's after work. And a lot of times it is after work. And like, like right now. <laughs> like right we're now. We're recording this late on the evening. Yeah, like right you. now. Mm-hmm. Even on, like, because I do talk to people on the West Coast. Yeah. And so, and I think it's very important. And, you know, it's 
to me, I see it as humility. We have to humble ourselves and get out of our own ways, especially during this pandemic, to help each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I bet you're keeping a close eye on uh, news out of out of federal OSHA right now. At the time we're recording this, we're we're anticipating the second emergency temporary standard to be released um, probably this week. Um, Like, yeah. We've we've been waiting a long time. (laughs) A long time coming. Okay, look, I can't sing, but I do love karaoke. So that was my little (laughs) snippet. That was all the singing, you know. All the hidden talents of, of Linnea. Anyone who thinks that the safety and health professionals are just a bunch of nerds, you know, look out. Look out. We, we, we wear cowboy hats uh, for hard hats. We're Star Wars fans. I happen to be a Trekkie myself. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do not sing karaoke because my, my child, who is very musical, has told me that I cannot, cannot carry a tune. And but- he, he told me that at church once while I was singing, leaned over and said, mom, you should probably just hum. But that's the, but look, that is the best part. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to admit when I see somebody in karaoke that really can sing, I'm like, show off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you'll have to bring karaoke to one of the conferences coming up. Uh, Linnea, you can be the the leader for, for all of us safety and health people to get out of our shells. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, hold me oh. to it, Jill. Okay, I will, I will, I will. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Linnea, it has been so fun to talk with you this evening. Yes. Um, and, and, and so interesting to hear about the winding career path um, that you've taken. And um, yeah, just thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything you've shared. Is there anything else that you'd like to um, share with the audience? Yeah. Before we close out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, first, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it was a blast. Oh, <laughs> it was a blast. I, you know, I really, I really enjoyed this. And uh, anything I can do to help. And one thing that I would say that has instilled into me is that EHS is not a destination it's a journey of continuous improvement Mm. and so you know there is no finish line it's continuous improvement continuous improvement and so um, that's what I would say and give to the audience and please feel free guys to reach out to me on LinkedIn and regardless of how many, I still try to reach out and, you know, we can share best practices. That's right. That's right. We're a small, we're a small little family. Yes. Health and safety professionals. Yes. (laughs) That's, that's wonderful. Linnea, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for spending your time listening today. And more importantly, thank you for your contribution toward the common good, making sure your workers, including your temporary workers, make it home safe every day. If you aren't subscribed and want to hear past and future episodes, you can subscribe in iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, or any other podcast player you'd like. We'd really love it if you could leave a rating and review us on iTunes. It really helps us connect the show to more and more health and safety professionals like Linnea and I. Special thanks to Naeem Jiraisi, our podcast producer. And until next time, thanks for listening.